0: It was an incredible weekend in Salt Lake City, and a legend was on hand to deliver the call. Dan Hughes here to join us. Locked on Women's Basketball starts now. Oklahoma Wallace for the win. You are locked
1: on Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball.
0: Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdahl, thanking you for making us your first listen every day, Monday through Friday, all things women's basketball, every Saturday, the WNBA Draft Show. There's a lot to talk about as we are just a few weeks out from that. Uh, But we are at what would officially be the halfway point of March Madness, and we are from 64 down to 16. It is Wednesday, March 22nd, and we are looking forward to seeing the Sweet 16 turn to the final four by the end of the weekend. And uh, I will just say, as a point of personal privilege, that any chance I have to talk to Dan Hughes about frankly anything basketball, anything record store related, you name it, it is always a pleasure. Dan, I'm I'm assuming you and the listening audience know won 280. 86 regular season games in WNBA history, coaching Charlotte, Cleveland, San Antonio, and Seattle. He won another 50 in the playoffs. Dan, somehow it was a long time ago now, but not so long ago that you and I were standing together down in DC when you captured the 2018 WNBA title with the storm. Uh, It's delightful to see you and the important place to start, obviously segment one, we'll talk about the teams that were left behind segment two. We'll talk about the team that made it out of Salt Lake city and what you see for the tournament as a whole, but your basketball tie, you don't know this because you're not on Twitter, but it was a huge hit. There were a lot of people talking about it. Take me through how you made your sartorial choices.
1: Well, it goes back to coaching, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, the day of a game as a coach is an absolute struggle until the ball goes up. Mm-hmm. You know, you just want to get to the game. But the only time I had fun, you know, true fun, was I when I would go to pick out what tie I was going to wear. And all kinds of reasons why I wore different things. People didn't always know. I didn't necessarily broadcast it. But I. it was like a private joke. Myself. Well, I've carried that over into broadcasting. When I get to go to broadcasting, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I just hope it matches with with the colors I'm wearing. You know, that that's really secondary in the whole the whole thing. But uh, I have probably more basketball ties than any single human being, maybe in at least at least in in, in the domestic country. Uh,
0: what do you think the number is? How many do you think it is?
1: Probably thirty. 40 that is very and, and like great people have given them to me mm-hmm. i don't know if people realize that a lot of things i wear were gifts to me um uh, along the way in different ways and uh I, i've just had a lot of fun with it you know and i've wore ties of not necessarily all basketballs so i've i've got i got a selection of beatles ties that that in the beatles community uh rather large, you know, but I've also got, I got a train tie that Joe Tate gave me. Joe Tate is a legendary broadcaster Mm -hmm. back in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, legendary. He's in the hall of fame at Springfield, all those things. And he was the guy that started being broadcasted. So Mm -hmm. to tie it all together, you know, I, I have a little fun with that. And then I hope it, I, I hope it helps promote the game I'm doing.
0: Well, Dan, tell me about that. What, what did get you into broadcasting? How did Joe bring you in? That's so interesting. Well, I
1: go to Cleveland, you know, I, I, you know, I was really fortunate, you know, God's blessed me I, at, at Charlotte. I became the interim coach and my point guard was Don Staley, yeah. which I, I think you're aware of, but people don't realize, you know, and all of a sudden our season turned and we went to the conference finals and, did enough that Cleveland came and offered me a, a full-time job. So I go to Cleveland, and in Cleveland, uh, I meet Joe Tate. Joe Tate uh, did every one of our games with the Rockers. I think we had like 120-some games. He did every one of them with us, and he, he was just a pure joy. But he also did the Cavaliers. He's a legendary uh, just an absolute legendary uh, announcer, people people in the business really love him. But he said to me, why don't you come to a high school? And, and this was the man, Joe Tate. He would go do high school games on an off, not, not the NBA schedule, the WNBA schedule. And on an off night, he'd go do a high school game. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of man this, this guy was. And he's an absolute legend in Cleveland. Okay. So anyway, I go, yeah. Yeah, because I started high school. That'd be great. i go with him. So we go to this high school thing and um, we had to climb. Joe was a a big man and we had to climb up into those old high school perches that that the old and and so Joe climbs up. I climb up. We do the broadcast. He said, you know, I think you could could do this. Mm -hmm. And so he talked to the Mid-American Conference, which is I have background in the Mid-American Conference. It's a college league. And it led to them hiring me. Then it led to the Cavaliers, you know, using me as a sub sometimes. And then the Spurs doing that. And then ESPN kind of jumped in and would give me periodic games. I was busy enough that I couldn't do a lot of them. But that's, that's the whole story. of, and, and it goes back to this wonderful man named Joe Tate, who those of us that grew up in Ohio, we're so I mean, we would literally and I hate to say this, but the truth is we would turn the radio up and watch the game on TV to listen to him. And you had to kind of coordinate to make sure you had the, the timing just right. because a little delay on that. But that that's we Ohio people just love Joe Tate.
0: Well, I love that story. And, and, and again, we're all grateful for what has come since, so we owe Joe a debt of gratitude there as well. You, you of course, you know, you talked about Dawn was your point guard. uh Dawn, if memory serves, was backed up by Stephanie White. Um, yeah. terms Of the coaching, <laughs> I mean, you you're, are, you're very good. You're, you're very know, good. That's you know that. Yeah. Wasn't it Jen in Cleveland too? I'm saying you you, no. you had the entire brain trust of the Connecticut Sun at different times.
1: Well. It, Yeah, exactly. And, and, and Jen, uh, you you know, I I don't think any human being on either men's or women's basketball had a greater collection of guards, specifically point guards, to be honest with you, than, than this man did. It kind of leads to a perception that you're a good coach because you got a good point guard who actually runs the show, you know, to be honest with you. But, I went to to Cleveland and Susie McConnell, cereal. Mm -hmm. What great player Olympian. I I got the coach her her last year. Um, I got to coach Helen Darling. I got to coach Jen Rosati. Uh, Steph was on the Charlotte team. Uh, It's just, you know, some people get, you know, big post players. Some people get, Different things, but nobody has gotten a collection of point
0: guards, and that's probably why I had, had the, the long career that I had. It's possible, it's also possible that point guards were well developed by their head coach. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there, <laughs> just saying, you know. But you're right that that Becky Hammond person seemed to have yeah. a decent career, How about that? had a little something to do with that. Uber, uh, I, yeah, did you have a decent career? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, there's. I'm just saying it, it's it, a little chicken and the egg scenario if you ask me yeah um, well so we're definitely I'm we totally got into story time I'm hoping we will do more of it um, I do first need to let the good people at home know about Ultimate NBA GM Ultimate NBA GM and one of our new sponsors and uh, allows you to do on the NBA side what uh, Dan has done, of course, on the WNBA side. It's an app. You become an NBA GM, manage your basketball franchise. You have every manager, every aspect of your team is managed. Hire the right coaches and assistants. You trade players, make draft picks, navigate your franchise through a free agency and the draft. You can do the types of things that Dan did in real life right from your phone. So you don't have to have nearly the travel schedule involved. You don't have to go overseas and you can make sure that you can even play along with your friends. So locked on women's basketball listeners get hundred percent free boost to their franchise. When they use the promo code locked on in the game store, make sure to check it out, download the game by visiting probasketballgm.com scan the code or look it up in the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate basketball GM, start your dynasty today. I'm going to guess, Dan, you didn't mind a little less of the stress over the free agency period, just being able to sit back and watch the fireworks. Am I right about that? You're totally right. Um, And, 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 you know, I I have – well, half the league is –
1: heads coaches were my assistants now. Right. Uh, and that kind of thing. And and in talking with them, I, I had to share with them. I, I don't miss that. it It's mm-hmm. like having two seasons, to be honest with you. You have your and, – and especially I think it's even increased through the years that the free agent period, and then, you know, then you've got your season that, that you coach. And I, and I share being a GM, and a, a lot of times you had to literally change your hats, you know – you know, the draft would get over. And that was always the key to me. I, I did a lot of things late, uh, the free agency period, uh, you know, some of the people that I accumulated didn't necessarily come from signing and they came from trades and things that were back in the day centered around the draft. You know, Becky Hammonds was a great example of that. That was all articulated in Cleveland, Ohio, on the day of the draft. I mean, it was set up before that, but the truth is you couldn't, some of the rules were more strict back in those days and you couldn't make those type of trades with first round draft picks until, you know, the draft had been, you know, you had exercised the use of your first round pick, then you could make those things happen.
0: No question about it. And again, it's worth remembering the way in which in a lot of ways you kind of, set the scene for what Las Vegas ultimately did when San Antonio moved and then doing the same thing over in Seattle, I would imagine the flip side has to be um, feeling a bit like it's an end of an era when you see Seattle. And I know you've got, you know, uh, Brianna Stewart now in New York and Sue retiring, Uh, you know, did, did it feel in some ways like that period uh, that you had gone was sort of coming to an end, even though I know, obviously, you know, you stepped away from it a couple of years ago.
1: Well, it, you know, I've, I've been in this situation enough to know that it's an ever-changing landscape, yeah. you know. And to be honest with you, I think it's even more ever-changing as I watch the league a, mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, Stewie was just, you know, to be honest with you, the, the best player I ever coached. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't say that lightly, because I've coached some great, great, great players no doubt. coaching her at the age I did um, and, and and watching her right now. Uh, and, you know, when you have that kind of appreciation for somebody, you know, where, whatever team that player is on, they got a chance to win a championship. Mm-hmm. And but I also understand uh, I understand going back home. Uh, in a lot of ways, Stewie's doing that, you know, in regard to it. But I, I would caution people that Seattle's still going to be good. I, as I watched and and, and Jewel Lloyd, probably I enjoyed coaching Jewel Lloyd as much as any of the wonderful players I coached. Mm -hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed coaching her. And she is prime time. And so it will be interesting to yes, you know, there's a changing landscape, but looking at, at ezzy for example, I mean, I don't know if people realize just how special ezzy could be. Uh, when we drafted her and I think it was 19, we drafted her. I remember telling Alicia Valvanis, our, our uh, GM at the time, I said, I don't know if I've ever talked to a more mature 19 year old that has those physical gifts. So keep an eye
0: on her too. Yeah, As he People are about to find out because she's going to have obviously a greatly expanded role. But yeah, that's that's how I see it too. Is Seattle is different now, not ruined, just different. It's yeah. not Sue and Stewie anymore, but Jewel yeah. and Edie are going to make for a great combination. I'm really curious to see them. I cannot wait. There's a lot of players going to be stepping up in new role, and Sammy Whitcomb's even coming back. I mean, it's it's.
1: Yeah. You know. I love that. Yeah, that made me feel good. I she is she ought to be there. That's just kind of like tied together in the Pacific Northwest and her Washington
0: background. It's, it, it's great. She's there. It feels right. I 100% agree with you, but let's talk too about the teams that we saw this weekend. And, and and I do, there are a few that really stood out to me. And one of them, I wrote about this going in that I felt as if Princeton number one was under and number two had enough of the makeup, that they really had a chance to make a tournament run. Going and asking them to beat Utah in Utah was a bridge too far. Utah might be a team that I end up seeing in Dallas. Uh, but what, what did you see from Princeton? You know, that epic comeback late to beat NC State, a team with a ton of tournament experience, right on through giving the Utes and Lynn Roberts such a fight and playing a Princeton-style game in the process.
1: Yeah, extremely well said. What what I saw was an extremely well coached team. Extremely well coached. You know, I thought the four coaches in this thing, and I told the producer, I said, I really appreciate the coaches in this situation. Yeah. But but in Princeton's, they knew who they were. You know, and even as they escalated, you go into the tournament and you're playing. You know some. Pretty outstanding team, North Carolina State, uh, Utah at home. Yeah, but they played in their own lane. They they turned the game into a type of game that they had a chance to win. And Carla, you, you know, to really appreciate Carla, you got to go all the way back to Connecticut. You know, because I see a lot of Connecticut in her. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I. I you know, and I see it not only in the the ability that they play both ends of the court, but I see it in the culture. I yeah. and and I've been for you know I I've, I've coached a ton of Connecticut players, and I've never coached a Connecticut player that didn't know how to practice and and didn't know how to be a t- good teammate. I and they w- were the epitome of that you know, in this situation. The other thing I love is that I think Carla has worked, you know, she was a division three coach, mm-hmm. you know, and she took, I think the the journey of being a coach and I love high school, you know, or I, or I love coaches that kind of know who they are as a head coach and she's taken it and just with Princeton, just taking it on the biggest stages and, and, Chen was really fun for me to watch. But, but my favorite, and, and I, I hate to say favorites because I'm really not a person about favorites, but Ellie Mitchell. Ellie Mitchell. Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> I, you know, I, my Cleveland teams, I wish I could have plucked her on my Cleveland teams because she would have been perfect for that group right there. But, but she just had a presence defensively that you just don't – and rebounding. You just don't see very often uh, on teams, especially at the collegiate level.
0: Just magical. I called her a human rebound in my preview yeah. going into this one, and what she brings. You're right, and and, and it is. It's part of this larger culture, and it, in no way was that easy because mm-hmm. Carla was succeeding Courtney Banghart, who had built something very significant at Princeton, and somehow it appears Princeton has leveled up, even as they're in an Ivy League that is if anything, more challenging than it was. Anytime you got Meg Griffith in Columbia with what they're building, you look at Harvard, which has had a seamless transition here from a legend, from Kathy Delaney-Smith. Yeah. It. And I, you know it, it is just as challenging as it's ever been. And for Princeton to come in and do what they did uh, was remarkable. I, I, You know, a 10 seed just, you just wonder, were they seeded too low they had a net in the '40s. It's largely a uh, a result of nothing they did. Because they went and played everybody. They went. They played Connecticut at Connecticut. You know, almost won that one. And if you know, play places, frankly, like Brown had scheduled better in the non-conference. The entire conference changes as far as the net. Uh, and Princeton might still be in this tournament.
1: Well, it was really interesting to me because uh, I, I was working with. Elise, who who yeah. it was such a beautiful experience because she did most of my games, if not all my games when, when we played in Seattle. But wonderful producer, David Feldman. But anyway, he asked me and and, and the coaches were great. They, they they were very much like I, I, I think a coach should be is they helped educate us broadcasters kind of what they were trying to do. Yeah. And I've always been in that lane because. I don't think there's big secrets in basketball. And I think if you can educate the viewer to kind of appreciate what you're doing, I, Pat Summit was the best I'd ever seen at that. She was an open book and she wanted people to see, well, the coaches were really good. And, and Carla, for example, kind of shared, well, how are you going to play Peely and, and what do you, you, you know, they score 80 some points a game. And the producer said to me, well, Dan, what, what would you do if, you were had to play Utah and I stopped for a second I said I'd do exactly what Princeton's doing Mm -hmm. I mean I mean that's a carbon copy of where I would try I don't think I could have done it as well as they did it but that's what and I said to him there's not one thing that that's exactly what I'd do and so Mm -hmm. it didn't surprise me that I thought they did a great job of giving themselves a chance to win against a Utah team that I would love to talk about as well. They, they were very, very impressive to me.
0: I am very eager to talk about Lynn Roberts and what she's doing there. Uh, We're first going to talk about FanDuel and we'll let people know the tournament is heating up. And so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to a $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your bet doesn't win. There's everything from money line to the spread, uh, player points, rebounds, and assists. You can even have there's these exclusive bets, like two by three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Something that is significant, while I'm not a wagerer myself, is that FanDuel has the men's and women's tournament. Uh, That type of equality of opportunity leads to equality in all these areas. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And so the Utah Utes, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm always aggravated that the West Coast plays their game so late for me, you know, back east here in New Jersey. Um, but there are teams you stay up for and watching Utah play. You stay up for I, I've talked to WNBA coaches who talk about that. They get ideas for their offense from Utah. And so to see this team that comes into the tournament, 25 and four, they win the Pac-12 Lynn has really put together a team built for her system specifically and we had Lynn on the podcast a couple weeks ago talking about this Alyssa Peely though and I just want to start there before we get into Utah for the now like Peely is just the real deal what is is Peely Is she didn't make that transition to the W like talk to me about her game
1: I you know I think yes okay now I do think you have to have a culture and a program and a coach that kind of just says, you know, I want basketball players. Right. But what I saw was unique enough uh, that her skill set, her athleticism, her power, her grace, I don't know, there's got to be a place in the W for that. There just has to be, in, in my opinion. And uh, getting to, to watch her and appreciate her uh man it it uh it rocked i i there's some joy you get i especially as an announcer i i -hmm. I love the game of basketball and I, i i love all the elements of it but when you see somebody who had paid the price and done the early i call it early work and and it really is early work she was getting up in the morning she was training in a certain way i think she Changed her body. I think she is a unique combination of skills and power uh, in the way. And she was really fun. to. And she, I think, that I think I got this right. She, that was probably her first NCAA tournament game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, she stepped on the floor like she owned it. I mean, whoa.
0: Is- right now. And, and, and that's a carrying tool in and of itself, somebody who's able to rise to the moment. And I, yeah. I knew that opened a lot of eyes across the lead. But, you know, again, up and down that roster, they are fourth in the country in offensive points per possessions. Uh, Gianna Niepkins is doing incredible things as a sophomore. My favorite stat about Niepkins is you're not talking about 50-40-80 if you're going by twos, she's at 60.1% right. from the two point range. So again, you know, and doing it in a, exactly the way that Lynn draws up the shot charts where it's right around the rim or back beyond the arc. Her, her team is so disciplined in not just finding the right shot at the right time, but making sure it's the highest percentage shot you can get. It's just amazing at that speed that play too.
1: Well, It is amazing to watch her style of play because that would have fit my Seattle teams perfectly. The way she designs the game, what she does. Oh my gosh, I'm not sure I've seen a college system that would have fit the talent that I had in Seattle better. And, you know, we talked about a couple, and I'll also throw Jenna Johnson in there. Yes. Oh my gracious. You know, uh, when I met Coach Roberts, I actually met her last year. Uh, I, I did a broadcast in uh, Oklahoma and she was playing Oklahoma. And I got to know her a little bit. And then s- when, when I knew I was heading out to Salt Lake, uh, started studying her teams and watching it and asked her about Jenna Johnson. And I loved it, it was just a great answer. She goes, Well, she's 19 going on 40, <laughs> meaning that she had that kind of maturity. And uh, she does, and and the, the chemistry between Peely, and Johnson, both ways, were incredibly powerful to me, and I'm I'm not sure that's not going to be a story. Um, I think this Utah team is not done, so we'll see. I don't think they're done.
0: I think this hey, is. A- I am I am blown away by yeah. the assumptions that LSU is going to win that game. Yeah, they I, assumptions- I agree with you. Yep. I, you just keep seeing Utah going up and up. And, and uh, by the way, Oklahoma is a great example of how year over year you see the Utah growth because Utah lost that game that you covered, right. uh, that you broadcast last year. And they put up this year, Utah, 124 points on Oklahoma, mm-hmm. 124 points. It kind yeah. of blows your mind. Again, I, I don't know what people are looking at. Utah does that to Oklahoma they beat Alabama, they beat Mississippi, they beat Colorado by 27, they got no. wins over Arizona, they beat Stanford, which I know feels like less of a big deal after Stanford loses, but Stanford's a one seed. Very few people beat Stanford all year. And so I, I am just, I am struck by it. I Yes, LSU could win that game, but the idea that I, I think LSU is the betting line favorite, I don't get it. I do not get it. I think this Utah team not only has a chance to beat LSU, but I, I think Utah's got a really good chance of getting to the Final Four. What do you, you, know, what do you think about that?
1: Totally. And, and I'll tell you just a little bit of experience as a coach. You play a Princeton team that is just, it, it, you know, makes life really hard for you, especially defensively especially like that, but you find a way to win ugly and, mm. and get a win. Uh, that does something for that next stage that you go to. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, it, it does. And LSU has got an awful lot of weapons and, and they're good, no question. But I will be probably of all the games, and, and I think, you know, when you broadcast, you – you, you kind of get next to some of those teams, you know, yeah. and uh, but that's the game that I'm most interested in seeing and what would be the, you know, the games this weekend. And,
0: it, is, it, it is at the top of my list, too. Yeah. And then, yeah. I, you know, listen, credit to Miami for what they did. In, yeah. In <laughs> and yeah, that is a shock to me. I don't see Miami as somebody who can beat Villanova. And so setting up an elite eight potentially between Utah and Villanova is another contrast in styles, but Villanova plays as slow as anybody left in the tournament, plays elite defense. Uh, that's going to be a study in contrast too. Then again, you know, we're talking about Utah and Villanova and I don't know who's guarding Angel Reese for any of them. And yeah. that might be in the separator when it all comes down to it. Why? Well, it's just going to be a fascinating time. I'm so delighted to chat basketball with you as always. And, and again, to your point, you know, you were always an open book as a coach, as a GM, always there to chat through things with me. You helped make me a better reporter every step of the way because I could learn along the way. And so it means a lot to me. I'm delighted you get the chance still to be doing that for everyone on the broadcast side Hope I see even more of you. Though I also am glad you get to enjoy life in Ohio. Well, thank you, and I I, I will share. Uh,
1: I think those of us that are that are in the business, so to speak, what you're doing for our sport, uh, women's basketball, and I'm talking not only college. I'm talking WNBA is so appreciated because I feel like the products that that that, that I'm looking at now, both in the W and, and both In college, uh, I'm just, you know, not everything in my life has gotten better, but those have. The landscape of that. And you do a great job of taking the journey for the people, I think, to become more educated about our products and enjoy it. Because it is, I mean, what a blessing 20 some years ago when, you know, I've been on the men's side and had a wonderful time. Right. But my life would, would not have been nearly as enriched had, had it not had a chance to really appreciate women's basketball, both collegiately and and on the professional side.
0: Well, we are we are delighted that you have. It is something that I always enjoy. Uh, before I let you go, just letting people know at home that we want to thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. You've made your second listen, Game to Game NBA, which is every moment, every top performance, every result on the professional men's side. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA. that's local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. We have superstar guests coming the rest of the week. We're going to have Locked On Women's Basketball YouTube Shorts. A real important reason to subscribe. We have got people at both regionals covering it, not only for Lockdown Women's Basketball, but also for the nexttoops.com as well, over at the next, covering wall to wall from the regionals and then on to Dallas. Well, Dan Hughes, delightful to see you always. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you. I am Howard Meddahl, wishing all of you a wonderful day. We'll be seeing you tomorrow. Welcome to